Chelsea, can I bog you down in a little bit of existential environmental dread? Uh, I hate it, but yeah. Okay. Well, this is a Guardian story. You're going to hear it later on, so I might as well get that out of the way. Scientists sound alarm as U.S. regulators new forever chemicals definition leaves a little bit to be desired. Okay. So we're gonna, we're just going to read this story as we go along. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. The EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, department responsible for protecting the public from toxic substances, is working on a new definition of PFAS, which is a forever chemical. Have you heard that term before, Chelsea? I've never heard that. Though no, not even nuclear waste I believe is forever. Well, no, and nothing is forever. It's kind of a uh, misnomer in that it's a forever for us chemical in that it will be there for yeah. thousands of years. So, for all intents and purposes, it's there for all of our lives. Okay, that makes sense. And then all of our children's lives and all of their children's lives, so why not just call it a forever chemical? Okay, I get it. And never heard that term before, but... Oh, then you are going to be just so saddened by my water episode that's coming up very soon. Okay. Anyhow, PFAS are polyfluoroalkyls substances. That's that's what PFAS stands for. Of course. They're a kind of plastic, and the EPA has come up with a new definition for what a PFAS is. It's established by the Office of Pollution Prevention and Toxics, is not only at odds with much of the scientific world, but is narrower than it is used by other EPA departments. Among other uses, the narrower definition excludes chemicals in the pharmaceuticals and pesticides that are generally defined as PFOSs. The EPA also cited the narrower definition in December when it declined to take action on some PFOS contaminations found in North Carolina. PFOS, or Per or polyfluoral alkyl substances are a class of about 12,000 compounds most frequently used to make products water stain and grease resistant. The biggest contributor to this actually prior to the last like 10 years or so was Teflon because it was basically resistant to everything. Very, very stick free. Yeah. And yet yeah, terrible. Anyhow, they are in thousands of products across dozens of industries now and have been linked to cancer, birth defects, decreased immunity high cholesterol, kidney disease, and a range of other serious health problems. They are dubbed- What else is in it? They're just plastics. That's what they are. So for all intents and purposes, they're just plastic. Oh my gosh. I know that Teflon's bad for you if it like starts chipping or mm. anything, if it gets into your food. More so actually if you there's a Teflon factory in your neighborhood. Oh. Yeah. And like plastics, I know if you leave a plastic water bottle in your car yeah. and the water gets hot. But that's, then... that's not only it. Lululemon clothes have PFAS in them. What? Yeah. It makes things like sweat resistant. It wicks away the oh sweat. Oh my gosh. I would have never yeah. thought it's in clothing, which, okay. Yeah, and John Oliver actually did a great episode on PFOS, but that's not what we're focusing on today. It's more so a, a response by the EPA. Okay, so, um, okay, okay. So many things you wouldn't expect to have plastic in them have PFOS in them because it's meant to be stain-resistant, water-resistant, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting clothes, but it's a good thing I can't afford Lululemon. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> okay. The discussion within the EPA comes as the agency faces increased pressure to largely restrict the entire chemical class and critics say the change benefits chemical manufacturers, the Department of Defense and Industry. 
There's a real difference in the definition that industry uses and what the international scientific community uses. And unfortunately, the definition I see the EPA toxics office using is a lot more like industry, said Linda. EPA didn't immediately respond to the questions, but an agency document obtained by The Guardian states the new definition focuses on PFAS believed to be of the highest concern based on their persistence and potential for presence in the environment and human exposure. Researchers say the international scientific community has been engaged in a debate over how to define PFAS that's focused on chemical structure. PFAS are called forever chemicals because their fluorinated atoms prevent them from fully breaking down. The most widely used inclusive definition and proposed by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, defines any chemical within the fluorinated carbon atoms as a PFAS. That could include tens of thousands of chemicals on the market. The EPA Toxic Office, however, wrote a working definition that calls for at least two adjacent carbon atoms, where one carbon is fully fluorinated and the other is at least partially fluorinated. It covers about 6,500 PFAS, and the EPA is using that definition in its recently introduced national testing strategy, which serves as a roadmap in an attempt to rein in PFAS pollution. Needless to say, and I think I can end that there, it's a very long article. Mm. If you want to read more, please go look at it. Saw the title earlier on, it's in Guardian. Less restriction on industry, which is going to just kind of fuck with all of our waterways. I just, I don't know why I'm surprised at this point. I just, I don't understand how for the sake of money and industries making money on this, we don't give a shit about it and the repercussions that it has. Well, I have people in my life, I'm not going to say who, who who fully just fall into a group of it's listen to what makes sense for your life, not which will be correct, just ignoring what you don't deem to be important. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there. I can see that that because it's the easy answer. It's the most convenient. You want to look a certain way. You want to live the easiest lifestyle, a lifestyle you want to live. It's easy to turn a blind eye. But I really feel like there should be more responsibility onto these corporations that are doing this. But there's not because people are willing to pay money for this. So they're profiting off of it. And that's actually a very weird part of like, we live in a free market. At least that's for the most part, we live in a free market economy. It is capitalist, but I'm going to avoid that part for the most part right now. When you buy a product in a free market economy, what should actually be accounted for when you're buying it is not only what has gone into making it up to that point. It should be the entire life cycle of the product. And we just completely disregard that in our economy. I don't understand. We do, absolutely. Maybe with pop cans, we've figured it out that we charge another five cents so that we can recycle them. Outside of that, no, it's just up until you're done using it, that's the life cycle of the product that we have accounted for in our price. It's not something that- Everything after that? No, it's just- Yeah, it's something that like it gets destroyed. And it's not, I mean, you hear about it, but it's not something that affects your life. So it's hard to do it. And then you can just easily ignore it. And that's really how we've set up the market. Which is it is. In my opinion, there should be more onus on a corporation that is, you know, profiting off of this because people are going to people are going to turn a blind eye. It's an ugly truth. And people don't want to see that people also sorry to bring this up. People also don't want to see where their meat and animal products are coming from. It's easy to turn a blind eye when you're not working in that industry. I wouldn't even see people are going to maintain being misinformed. They're going to maintain being ignorant Mm -hmm. or not knowing what goes into it. 
readily avoided. Well, not even readily avoided. These industries actively avoid people finding out about they these do. issues. Yeah. Like you've heard about a carbon footprint, right? Yeah. Do you know who put that forward? I believe we've talked about it, but I cannot remember right now. So let us find out. You know? British Petroleum. Yes, that was British what it was. British Petroleum is the company who actively put forward that as an issue. To actively say that it's not our fault, it's the consumer's fault. When we completely misinform right. the consumer. And they make more of a carbon footprint than we ever could. Yeah, that we ever could. So that's, that, oh God, that's... Um, it's infuriating, actually. Getting, I'm getting angry at yeah. life. And it's but all it's all these corporations, right, that should be having more responsibility, yeah. but they make all this yeah. money, so it, it doesn't well, matter. It's, it's, it's fully the problem, too, with a free market, quote-unquote. I will explain this when we get to the episode that I want to talk about it on. That's going to be my water episode that's okay. coming up very soon. And it's also buyer beware. They, again, put the onus on... Caveat and poor, yeah. Yeah, consumers it's uh, not anything to do they are just free of any obligation that is exactly what bp did too it's like oh it's the consumer's fault not our fault yeah. we're just a corporation that does this thing it's really infuriating because yeah. people have they're making it so that people have to be so informed do not no you literally can't do anything with, yeah. you can't do anything else in your life if you want to stay fully informed yeah. and they also want you to be fully a consumer as well but like you can't do. Both. It's not just about that, but at one point, if people want to live their life, just like what you're talking about, you have to be, you know, willfully ignorant to things that are going on to go along. Be like, well, I want to wear a Lululemon, so I'm just not going to no, listen to no, anything. You, Chelsea, you had no idea about the PFAS thing with Lululemons. You do not have to be actively ignorant. You just don't have to look into exactly. it. Exactly. That to me is actively ignorant. Or did I use it wrong? That's not actively ignorant. That's not actively ignorant. Okay. Close, but not the same thing. Okay. I just used it wrong. Yes. Fair enough. Anyhow, enough about this. It's going to be a long episode, so we should probably get into okay. it. Let's, uh, let's cue music. From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, the first podcast to bring to you the idea of a snack break. Now we will be introducing this along the way. I have brought a delicious bake of cheesies, a Canadian delicacy. Name the name. To, name uh, the brand. Oh yes, from Hawkins. Best one. <laughs> to, <laughs> to guide me through see. on my on my snack break way and. I just noticed no podcasts have tried this, so we're going to try it out. Anyhow, we were talking about Richard Doty, Mr. Richie D, Dickie D, or Richard Doty. Yeah. Chelsea's talked about him before, and we're going to continue on our way from here. Yeah. So I'm just going to jump right in. In case you need a reminder, I mean, you could just skip back one, listen to it again, and come back here, and then we'll just be running into the same episode. I'm going to do you solid, do you a kindness. Richard Doty, where we left off, Rookie D. Richie D. He is a dickhead, to put it bluntly. He's a guy, he has a 20-year career as a special agent in the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, FOSI, as I'm going to be referring to. I can't remember how much in this part of the episode. Stationed at Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who worked as counterintelligence and disinformation to discredit specific to this episode UFO researchers. We don't know what else he was disinforming about. All we care about 
about is UFOs in this episode. Last episode, we touched on Bill Moore and poor Paul Benowitz. Uh, That was such a hard story to get through. I feel really bad for him. But this is the next story. We have whole new things for you to be frustrated about. So what else did Richard Doty, Richie D, have his hand in? Or supposedly had his hand in? Next thing I'm going to touch on is the Majestic 12. And if you haven't heard of Majestic 12 before, this is not the episode to find out about it because I'm giving the Coles notes on it. I will give you just enough so that you know some things on it. And... This story starts when documentary producer Jamie Shendera, we've not heard of Jamie before, I'm not sure if Jamie is a boy or a girl, so I'm just going to say they, receives a mysterious envelope dropped through his mail slot. The envelope had a... Good gendering, Chelsea. Did I do it? They received a mysterious envelope dropped through her mail slot. I gendered. The envelope had a New Mexico stamp and contained a roll of undeveloped photo film. New Mexico. That's where Dodie was. I can hear you eating your cheese. Yeah, we're on snack break. <laughs> it's not a break anymore. I'm on snack So not break. knowing <laughs> the crunchiest of all cheesies, the shitty puffy ones. They're almost crunchless. Not knowing what to do with the mysterious film, Chandra takes it with him to dinner with his friend Bill fucking Moore. I can't even at this point that this guy's connected to too much stuff. They don't even eat dinner at this point. They open this package and they're like, dinner's over. We need to go develop the film immediately. Long story short, the pictures were of eight pages of classified documents, some of which detail that President Truman had appointed a committee of scientists, government officials, and military men making the Majestic 12 to figure out just how to deal with the Roswell crash and any other alien incursions that might occur in the future. Essentially, the original Men in Black. These are the Majestic 12 documents, and so, of course, more along with ufologist Jamie Chandra and Stanton Friedman circulated them. Stanton Friedman was, what was he? He was some sort of like important scientist. We talked about him on the first episode He came up in Project Blue Book as well as um, in the first episode. And he's like a legitimate guy. He has a super high science degree of something. Yeah, he has a physics degree somewhere. Physics, yes. Physics, it is physics. According to these Majestic 12 documents, members of the original MJ-12 included Dr. Vannevar Bush, an inventor, engineer, and head of the U.S. Office of Scientific Research and Development during World War II, retired Admiral Sidney Sewers, first director of the CIA, and Dr. Donald Menzel, theoretical astrophysicist and avid UFO debunker among no other people because I think there were 12. Bill Moore had actually first learned about Project Aquarius, if you remember back to the last episode, and the shadow organization known as MJ-12 from the documents that Rick Doty had showed him. So there's even conflicting information within the lore around this. As I told you, there would be. Rick Doty conflicts himself a lot because that's what liars do. Essentially, the Majestic 12 were a high-level panel of powerful individuals who oversaw Project Aquarius that Doty had shown government documents about to more as well. Doty, in a recent interview, told George Knapp that UFO investigations continued under the Defense Intelligence Agency after Project Blue Book oh, no. shut down. That's the yeah. good George. 
Yeah, he actually interviews him, hmm. which I'll I'll try to kind of no. get into. I don't blame him. I don't blame George Knapp for wanting to interview him. George Knapp is awesome. I wouldn't see him turning down an interview with a dick face. Sorry. Not sorry. He is. Dodie is adamant that he has no part of the MJ-12 documents. However, he was investigated by the FBI in relation to their circulation and they said people had claimed Dodie had given them to him. And he was clear that he didn't put these documents out. So who even knows? knows at this point personally like you can't trust the thing that he to be does. fair who was in charge of the fbi at this point is j edgar hoover and it really depends on who he wants on his shit list and who he doesn't anyhow j edgar hoover basically ran the fbi as his personal shit list for a long time so if you weren't on a shit list he didn't really care that much if you were on a shit list oh boy did they send every piece of information and power they had to destroy you to do it so possibly just not on the shit list i'm gonna go out on a limb here and do something maybe not a lot of podcasts do if i can find it i will be placing here in editing a conversation between hd and george knapp if i cannot i will be reenacting the interview now George Knapp says, I don't want to go into too much detail about MJ-12, but you've been a link to that story and Bill Moore for a long time. You mentioned, you made a comment in passing earlier today that you think there's legitimate information in there. Cody says, Yes, I'm 90% sure that there's legitimate information. These documents were created based on actual documents. The documents that were released weren't. And the Air Force covered itself. The government covered itself by saying, These aren't legitimate documents. Not the information contained in it was not. Yeah. Can you say whether there is an organization like that? Cody says, Yes, there was. Nap says, You think that still exists? I'm not sure. I'm positive it exists. No. I am sure. Dodie says. Not I'm not. He is sure. He is definitely sure. I'm positive it exists. I know that when Project Blue Book, and it was briefed in the program in 1979, and one of the things they mentioned in the report in the briefing was that the Air Force ceased its investigation of UFOs in 1969 based on the Condon report. They continued a classified investigative program, which intelligence officers were involved in. And when they needed a depository for the information from Project Blue Book, they were looking for an agency that wanted it, and the DIA was only 10 years old. They raised their hand and and said, we'll take it. And at that time, and during my time in, I know CIA had a repository for the information. Whether it still does today, I don't know. Nap says, You just heard a presentation of our stuff about DIA having a study that was ongoing. And there was a collection effort. It makes sense that they would collect that information. And when there's an encounter with national security implications, our weapons or nukes or something like that. Cody. Absolutely. Yeah. Any threat to national security, the government's going to investigate and they're going to collect information. They're going to do thorough investigations. They're going to interview the people, collect all the data possible out there, and that has to go someplace to DIA. So that's Majestic 12. It's literally the least I could do on the Majestic 12. That is, you got what Majestic 12 was, right? I think. Yeah, I think and I Majestic 12 is a conspiracy in itself. Hmm. So maybe in the future we do a Majestic 12 episode too. 
It would be good. It's renowned yeah. to have yeah. been debunked, a fake document. However, there are people out there that are steadfast that these are legitimate documents. What's his face is one of them. Stanton Freeman 100% thinks that this is a legitimate document that was linked. They did go to the government and were able to find these documents somehow I, in the I, I have seen a steadfast breakdown that these documents are not dated correctly yeah. or even like wordy correctly in the corners so yes we could do an yeah. we should do an episode on the majestic 12 they do have them in government record and they say bogus across them because the government investigated them of course which just adds fuel to the file with ufo investigators that they wrote bogus across them there is a lot more to it i just did the very basic of what it is i think i got that across so what I want you to take from it was Majestic 12 was the government covertly still continuing to investigate UFOs. Doty absolutely denies having any involvement in this. This honestly says Doty to everybody who comes in contact with it. And like I just said, the document is widely believed to be a fake. Stanton Friedman, however, continues to assert that he believes they're real. I mean, who? nobody else is so renownedly known to be faking government documents like Doty. It's Doty for sure which brings me to linda moulton howe my favorite ufo sweetheart i love her she's an investigative journalist who started out investigating cattle mutilations and just kind of went from there in this episode if you didn't gather this i'm talking about connections that richard doty had within the ufo community the first was bill moore in the first episode and Paul Benowitz, this episode Majestic 12 and now we're on to Linda Moulton Howe. So Linda's research into the cattle mutilation phenomenon earned her a deal with HBO for a UFO documentary and it also struck a chord with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. I did read an article, I don't know where, so I'm just like freeballing it here, that the government was using these weird helicopters to investigate animal exposure to nuclear radiation in certain areas as far as it goes to cattle mutilations. I can't remember where I read that. I mean, that, it's but there I just wanted with the, to put it the amount there. of radiation that was put out into the world into the 50s to the 70s-ish. Yeah, I never actually... Like, they wanted to see the impact. Yeah, I never actually heard that theory put forth, so I think it's legitimate. And if they're testing things like that, you wouldn't think that they want to know because black helicopters are something that are tied to the cattle mutilation phenomenon. So definitely, if they're doing something like that, they probably want to shut someone like Linda Moulton Howe. But it's just an aside, really. What we're talking about here is Richard Doty, who invites Linda Moulton Howe to Kirtland Air Force Base where he discloses to Linda that aliens do exist and that the US government has been in contact with them. He shows her, as he is famous for, official government documents that outline mankind's contact with aliens at Roswell, the existence of a living extraterrestrial survivor at the crash there, and the mind-bending revelation that these aliens had genetically engineered humanity and sent spiritual leaders like Jesus Christ to guide us in our evolution. Cody promised... And her sorry, he, yeah. he showed Linda these documents or he told he her? He showed this? her. 
He was famous okay. for forging government documents. Okay. So Dodie promises Linda footage of UFO crashes and landings of aliens, both deceased and living. And he suggested he might be able to arrange a meeting between Howe and this extraterrestrial guest of the government. However, they never made good on their promises and HBO canceled Howe's project. <sighs> I like her. I really like her. Just like I like Paul Benowitz. Linda Moulton Howe is still out there. She actually took this information public. She's really good getting documents to back up who people are who are giving her information. And if you're someone like that looking for that, Dodie fits the bill. He can give you the documentation, say what he's saying is correct and legit. He had government documents that he was allowed to back them up. Richard Doty denies that this meeting ever occurred with Linda Moltenhow. That's kind of how that ends, unfortunately. Did Linda, yes. has Linda ever commented yeah. on this relationship? She's famously talked about it. She okay. talks about it in Mirage Men. This is just something that is known to have happened. It's documented in a variety of places and she talks about it. He says no. I would probably take her word over Ricky D's. So yeah, that's Linda Moltenhow. It's not a huge part, but she, all of these are major things in the UFO community. As I recapped about six different times in this episode, we have... Paul Benowitz, which is linked to the Dulce UFO case. We have Bill Moore, who has written numerous books who have shaped the way we think about not only the Bermuda Triangle, which is weird to think one person's book through that much mystery around a triangle in nature. Roswell. And he has gone on record saying that he was fed this information by Richard Doty. We have, what else do we have? The Majestic 12 documents and we have Linda Moulton Howe also coming forward saying that she was fed same information basically that we saw Bill Moore giving to Paul Benowitz. It's basically the same stuff. Just to recap what we're dealing here with. I'm sure there's much more that we don't know about. In 2019, Doty was invited to speak at UFO Megacon, a large UFO conference in Laughlin, Nevada. In his presentation, he acknowledged participating in surveillance of UFO groups and in disseminating false information. But Doty maintains that his interest in the UFO subject is legitimate and that he is now free to speak about certain programs he saw while in the military including during a stint in Nevada's Area 51 military base. Yeah, in regards to that, he also claims that he worked at Area 51 and knows Bob Lazar, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, and at least as far as we know from most people who claim that they're outside of like their government-timed confidentiality agreement, it's not as soon as you're done with the government. Yeah, which is also super weird for me that he's now talking about it. Outside so of him, it's pretty much just deathbed confessions. 100%. Like you bring up a very good point. You're not going to see anyone talking like this so freely. It's not like you get out of the government and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can talk about everything now. Super weird. And just because the ball's rolling, the Costa Rica balls are rolling down the hill to hit the bowling pins. For a perfect yeah. stroke. What happened to Bill Moore, you ask? At a 1989 MUFON conference, Moore claimed that he had been engaged in a uh, disinformation activities against, it was bad English, but I'm just going to keep going, Paul Benowitz and on behalf of the Air Force Office of Special Investigations and literally he's not done anything in the UFO 
UFO community since he came out and said that yes, he was involved in it. Whereas Rick Doty now, he's living his life as a normal police officer in some state, I can't remember, I didn't write it down for some reason. You can find him doing a lot of interviews now, which drives me nuts. Why people are interviewing him now about fuck all, all over the place. I mean, we we could probably get him if Very we wanted well to. Good. I don't want to talk to him, though. <laughs> he, yes, who's that doctor guy? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. What's I'm name? not a particular fan of him. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. One second here. He hosts a show on Gaia TV now. Oh, there he is. I'm looking at a picture of him. What's your name? Stephen Greer. Stephen Greer. Thank Stephen you. Stephen Greer. Stephen Greer has interviewed him a lot on Gaia TV. Apparently, Stephen Greer has a big show on Gaia. He's interviewed Rick Doty a lot. A lot of people. He's out there. He's just out there in the UFO community now. Is he or Stephen Greer just fucking weird? Because he he is. He is. He is a, what's the word for it? Fear monger. I don't. Like, what's. What's the word for fearmonger, or did you come up with the word? No, no, no. That's what he is. He likes yeah. to spout a lot of fear, and I don't like that. Which is really weird for somebody who has a medical license. Yeah, he's been interviewed by him on Gaia. George Knapp has been interviewing him. He's just out there now. A lot of people are just interviewing him. I hate this guy. Why people are interviewing him like, oh, you're in the government. You're disinformation. You much know so much. What makes you think he's telling you anything that's the truth? He's made a career He's fucking done. (laughs) How would you know he's done? Yeah. I don't get it. Surprisingly, they probably told him during his time with the government to say, oh, yeah, I'm done. Don't worry. Yeah. At some point. I don't get it. And you can find more interviews with him now. And you could when he was putting out this different information stuff. So it is just beyond me. I don't even have words for this. Why he's still out there giving interviews. He's all over the place talking about UFOs and ETs and so on. And I just can't seem to connect the dots together as to why anyone's willing to interview him at this point and put any stock into what he's saying at all i mean i get george knapp like not i would interview him no i wouldn't interview him trust Otherwise. george knapp to at least do a good job with yeah. that because like i trust george knapp he's yeah. the best he of the is Georges one of the, on yeah Coast he Coast. is he's really good just like, like without I, like, a doubt like just there, like there's... i love linda moulton howe but look where he got linda moulton howe nowhere yeah, so, but to be fair, with Lyndon Moulton's house style, it makes sense for her to get somebody like a Yeah, dirty. it does. And then you just like... Also, everybody, just so that we're all on the same page, Linda Moulton Howe does do a live YouTube broadcast every Thursday night. On YouTube, I was just trying to think of her name. I think it is just Linda Moulton Howe. This, yeah, I subscribe to it, so it pops up every Wednesday. It's actually and, at a decent time. I'm PST. It's usually around like 6, 7 p.m. Yeah. And she has interesting guests. I would say they're all at least on par with the idea of Dodie's story. Which is why it's so believable. And I mentioned that with her because she asked for credentials for sharing stories. And Richard Dodie would have been able to provide oh, that easy, yeah. with his documents. It just, the whole story is so convoluted. I hope that I got it across. This could have been a very long episode, but I just wanted to do, get to the meat and bones of the story and get that across. I don't like Richard Doty. Yeah, I think this is coming to the end. So do you have any closing thoughts? I mean, I know we think he's a skis. think so. This is one I never, yeah, I don't think is somebody to be believed. I don't think at all. 
But at the same time, it's so hard to actually say. Barring him showing his bank account, I don't know how you could say like, you you know for sure he's lying or you yeah, know for sure true, he's Yeah, true. But then you show his bank account. But what's that going to prove if he's talking about aliens? Unless he's being paid. Well, it's at least going to prove he's not alien. getting paid Well, by he the is. Government. Right now? I mean, he's still, if he's working by, as a police officer, he's still being paid by Well, the no, government. yeah, he's, he's, no, and he's drawing Therefore, a pension. Therefore, he's still probably. in their back pocket. But I would say, they're like, probably like, you're done here. We'll no, get you a but, cushy job as a police officer. No, but you would think if they're also paying him to go do yeah. these interviews that he would be getting good compensation True. for it, True. not just police compensation and also he would have to be yeah. working as a and we do man, know so. that he is through freedom of information act requests that he was for sure employed by what he says that he was that was back there and yeah. then as you can see a few points that i have written down you see that some of the stuff i can't see well, I, i'll read them to you i okay. see i read you hear <laughs> a lot of what he says is contradictory to what he's saying and the accounts have changed over the years according to him i already said this one too the air force refuses to comment on whether they knew of what he was doing in his activities and whether his claims of partaking in this activity at the behest totally my word of his superiors is accurate you don't know that word I do it was right there in my notes i wrote it down <laughs> you made it okay <laughs> basically ufo people are super gullible I mean, I can't disagree with them on I can't that. either. But I mean, you go to anybody with any sort of credentials and they're going to believe you. It's not just UFO people. People get stopped by fake police officers. We're not police officers and they just naturally trust that they're a police officer and sometimes they're not. On And they call like the place and say like, I'm in, I'm, yeah. he wants to pull me over. Or fuck, Gabriel Wartman. Yeah, like this happens, but you give it to a UFO person and they're like, oh, UFO people. They're so gullible. They're crazy. They're not. They're just regular people being told that it's the government doing this and just trust the government. Yeah. If anything is for certain, God. I hate Richie D. And what is the point of him? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, at the end of the day, Dickie really seems to be just a bag of D's. <laughs> so... So that's Richard Doty and we hate him. Okay. Well, I'm glad I now have a reason emotionally to hate another individual. And as opposed to just kind of like vaguely hating at someone. Yeah, it's pretty, it's been Good a pretty emotional reasons. journey. Yeah. On here. Lots of reasons to hate this guy. Yeah. But thank you for that, Chelsea. I think we'll go towards something slightly less hateful in the next couple episodes, but you never know. I decided to go with hate on this episode. So I chose Richard Doty. Yeah. And hate is what you got. And hate maybe is something you get next time too. Probably not, but maybe. I'm not ruling okay. hate out. That's fair. But for now, I have been Taylor here with Chelsea talking about this Doty character, Rich Richard Doty. And we have been Journey to the Fringe. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what 
venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode.